to this episode of the Automated Millionaire video slash podcast series. We are now currently in our third series and we're looking at specifically the mistakes that business owners do when it comes to the topic on setting prices. And we will see how that setting up the right price can make a huge difference for your results in the business in general and for your bottom line, not just your cash flow, but in truly what happens at the end of the day. Now, before we continue for a little bit further on, we need to look at, well, how are companies typically setting prices? So for this purpose, I have taken a snippet here I'm going to put together in this, in this episode here of a previous recording, and it all is about how companies typically set prices. So this particular episode is maybe slightly longer. Um, it has in specific six uh, price setting methods that we are discussing, and it's how I, at least in my view and what my, from my experience in judging all the companies that I've visited and so on, it's how I can see that they're setting prices. A lot of them, the most common ones and so on, are probably what, you know, the foundation of how you're setting prices in your business, whatever business that may be. And the question really is, is that a sound way? So before we go any further, let's just go straight into that uh, episode. And then tomorrow's episode, we'll continue further and discuss further and so on how we may overcome some of these objections that I have to setting prices these, these ways that we are discussing. I'll see you in tomorrow's episode. And for now, let's dive into the previous recording. Hi. Before we dive further, and I thought that we would be looking at something which I feel is relevant to the discussion of your pricing, and that is what are the typical ways that people and companies are setting prices for their products and their services. In particular, we'll be looking at about six different methodologies that are often used. So let's dive straight into it. The first one that we often see is what is the going rate for something similar that is being sold out there in the market space? What are other people who are selling products similar to mine or identical to mine selling their products at? What are company and service agents and so on, what are they selling their services at, the, the services that are similar to those of mine? A couple of caveats to this mythology is... One, their cost structure may be vastly different from yours. So in other words, they may be able to sell them at the going rate at a price that gives them a decent enough margin for their business, but it may not reflect what it's costing you for your business and your, uh, in your business to deliver upon the same services or the same products. So in other words, there's no discrepancy about what is the cost structure in your business. Another caveat is that your cost in general may be much, much different than theirs because you may be carrying past sins. So now you have extra debt and there's a huge burden there. You have a different cost structures. You may not get the advantages of volume sales or something, volume purchase and so on that factors into your cost structure. And so now that your cost might be much higher than those competitors and that really truly should reflect in a higher price so that you can remain profitable and that you can have a decent enough profit to live off in your business. A further caveat is that that very often companies are actually undercharging for what they should be charging. 
So in a lot of, especially like service-based businesses, you know, HVAC companies, uh, concrete services, tile companies, house painters, fencing contractors, all these kinds of, of, of uh, companies and services and so on, they're very often actually undercharging. It seems very much like in the um, going rate market, there's always somebody out there who is willing to undercut the next person. And that brings us actually into also the area of the second typical method, which is that you take the going rate and you say, well, I'm cost-cutting my competitors. I'm going in with my similar products or my similar services at a lower rate than that of my competitors. So I become more attractive and so I can gain a lot of business. Especially new companies, they typically do that a lot because they feel like, well, that's the only way I can make my interested, my products or my services interesting for the market space because they don't know me. And so now I have to kind of like do it that way. And I get it. And I think it's, it's a natural avenue for us to typically go that route. But the problem is we're really devaluing ourselves and the worth and value of what it is we bring to the table. And again, going back to what I just said about that there's always somebody out there who is willing to go to a cheaper price because now they see that you come up with this price and are like, I'm not going to uh, allow that. I am going to cut underneath there. So it brings us back to something that you'll probably hear me in one of the future videos to, to say also is that, you know, we should leave the cost cutting or the, the setting, uh, selling on price. We should leave that endeavor to the Walmarts of the world. For most other businesses, for most of us, the rest of us, I really would endeavor to say that we should not have a factor uh, or main selling point as that on price. It's a terrible route to go and it has a tendency to always be a downward spiral where in which you're just cutting your margins lower and lower and lower and soon enough you actually won't make any money. You might actually even produce losses. A lot of businesses and a lot of companies are doing that every single day and it seems like they don't know how to handle their business uh, because in fact they don't. They are very good at their trade, typically. They are very knowledgeable about the products or their services or the how-tos and so on, except for they are not terribly knowledgeable about turning a business into a profitable and sustainable business. And they'll accept pain. And the problem is you can't wait for them to go out of business in order for your business to thrive. So you need to go about it in a different way. A third method is that of we take last year pricing and at best we might even tweak it a little bit, you know, increase it by a little bit, um, but that's pretty much it. We have the idea that, okay, we need to set the prices just for the entire year. And while I do like the fact that at least you make sure that you get a little bit of increase, what you'll invariably find is that that little bit is too little. You typically need to adjust by much more than that. But it's better for sure, in my world at least, and from my perspective, to do a little bit than nothing at all. And what I see with a lot of clients is they haven't touched a pricing in a long time. They kind of set a price back at some point and then now they kind of got stuck there. And they kind of feel like very often that, well, nobody's going to pay more. My product is a 
$500 product or my product is $199, I can't charge more because otherwise people will not buy it. And invariably they are wrong, but their mythology goes about that this, they continue this for ever and ever and ever. If you were to Google the consumer price index for the US over the last 10 years or so on, you would find on average that it pretty much has increased almost on clockwork every single year by about 2%. So if you are not adjusting your prices every single year, you're pretty much absorbing these kind of costs in your business or certainly on your private side of things uh, by not charging more. So there's only one way that you could offset that and that is by becoming more productive or becoming cheaper in your cost structure of making uh, the deliverables of whatever it is you're selling happen. And typically speaking, it's not because you became more productive in your company. It's typically not because you gain so much extra uh, uh, discounts in your purchasing and so on. So typically what really happened is you absorbed that price increase by basically accepting a decrease in your profits or decrease in your take-home profits, if nothing else. A fourth method is that of basically saying, well, there's nothing out there in the market that I can truly compare it with, or maybe my, my product or my service is packaged up in such a way that it's not really comparable. It might have an element of this, might have an element of that, but it's not really something that I can go out and say, well, I have competed at A, B, and C, and here's their pricing and so on. So we are left with it basically saying, well, I don't know what I should charge, so we'll do a whack, a wild ass guess. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to swear or curse, but it's basically what it stands for. It's a wag, W-A-G, wild ass guess. So we basically say, well, we're gonna throw a price up there on the wall and see if it sticks. And if it sticks, we're good. If it doesn't stick, well, we'll try again. Um, I have a, um, a client who actually makes a lot of money. So when they came to me to, to have them help them, so it wasn't really to make more money, but it was to, to you know, ad address other products, uh, problems of their business. You know, they had several, several internal things of, you know, not quite getting the right behavior out of their, their staff members. They wouldn't clean up the tooling. They wouldn't come on time. They wouldn't wear the company uniform and, you know, a lot of different areas of the, of the equation and of course we found very fast that they also could do a better productivity and so on only just making more money but the company problem wasn't really money they made a lot of money they were also producing a special service which weren't really readily available on the market. It was something in the marketing area of things with involving events and vehicle solutions, specialized solutions and so on. So there wasn't really like, okay, this kind of solution cost $50,000 to deliver upon uh, at the end price for the client. It basically didn't really exist. So they tried one price and everybody loved it. They, they, they had a great you know, uh, benefit. They had a great margin themselves and the clients loved it and so on. But they thought, you know what, next time let's try a higher price. And they kept going and it just seemed, seemed like there was not really a very large uh, there wasn't really a, a ceiling that said, no, 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 you can only charge to here. So they just kept producing more and more of, of uh, at a higher, higher price and without their clients balking at it. 
But the value, of course, to the clients were, were high enough, so they were happy. And so this company was really, really doing greatly from that perspective. Again, we could help them with a lot of other things, including productivity and internal behaviors and so on. And again, that just made them even more money. But that is the, the situation of a wild-ass guess. The fifth method is that of cost plus pricing. So that's basically where you say, well, I need to know all my cost that goes into the equation of producing or delivering upon the products that I'm selling or the services I'm selling. I like this method for a lot of reasons because in the business, we need to know our numbers and we certainly need to know all our costs. And therefore, we also really need to know, well, how much is it costing for each individual unit or batches of units of what I'm selling, if it's products or if it's services and so on. And then we need to know that, well, how much of my profits or rather how much do I want to make in profits? And therefore, what do I need to mark up my, my products and my services by? What kind of margin do I need to make sure that I achieve so I'll end up with the business that I like to have? And so the cost plus pricing method at least ensures that you take all your costs and add them together and then you say, okay, that's fine. I got that. I also know I want to make it, let's say in a business of a certain kind, I might want to say, well, 35% margin would be a good margin to get. So now I'm going to mark it up so I achieve my margin. Um, the problem is, a lot of businesses that uh, certainly most of the businesses that I help, they are kind of like have performed poorly for some time. And so now that a lot of the cost structures are actually much higher than a business of similar uh, characteristics, which just had have performed a lot better. You don't get the benefits of cash uh, uh, or payable on time you may not have you know you, you may have a lot of debt that now you're servicing not only the interest rate on but you also need to make sure you make enough cash that you can pay back principles and so on and your competitors may be uh, better performing companies that did not have this kind of structure uh, so in other words your cost structure might be much higher than those on your competitors so in other words if you just go by what's the going rate on the market well now you have to very invariably have to accept a smaller margin than your competitor might have to if indeed you can even make money with those pricing with the cost plus pricing well if you add all your costs together and now you say, well, I need to mark up by a certain percentage so I have the right margin at the end of the day. Well, now you may have been too expensive compared to the market, especially when your products or when your services are very comparable to those in the market space. At the end of the day, I still like the cost plus pricing model. If nothing else, at least to ensure that whatever you're selling at whatever price you're selling it is in fact profitable and that you can understand that what kind of profits are you making on that product or on those services. So I like it from that fact. But the final methodology that we're going to look at, and we just discussed it briefly, is that of value. So when you bring enough value to the table, you can increase the price and the value to the end customer or the end consumer or the end client may be vastly different from one to the other. The value is very much dependent upon on, you know, what is the 
urgency with that recipient. So, for instance, if I have a company in my business where I help companies and uh, business owners perform better, make a better business and so on, when I have clients who are very near bankruptcy, that urgency dramatically increases. Or I have clients who are faced with a large uh, IRS bill or something unexpected happen and they are in need of finding a lot of cash fast. My services all of a sudden become even more valuable to them if indeed I can help bring them a result that translates into pure cash or real cash, real results in a very speedy manner. So urgency is very much of a key. Again, if I bring a lot of increase in what is called their transformation, then my products or my services in this case, my services to them becomes much more valuable. So it becomes like, let's say that I need a week with the business owner and the team to really transform the business. And then I'll have them, you know, they'll at least be making a hundred grand extra. Well, all of a sudden, that service becomes much more valuable than if I have to do the same thing over three months. In fact, what you'll see is that as more as people get more wealthy, they tend to be, spend more money into all kinds of endeavors and all kinds of services and help and expertise with people that can gain them time. So if I can make a transformation happen for somebody, or indeed, if you can make transformation happen for somebody at a speedier way and at a greater effect, your services or your expertise or what it is you're selling that's helping make that transformation really becomes much more valuable. You see that even with machinery. So if I have a big um, excavator, for instance, uh, and it's a big project and so on, if my excavator can help them do the necessary work that they need to do in a much faster way than, you know, say, my competitor's excavator, which is a smaller grade and so on, then I can charge considerably more because the time that they are going to spend on it is going to be so much less that and and maybe this process is holding up or the next step of the equation on their build or whatever they're doing and so and all of a sudden my services as opposed to those of my competitors become much more valuable so bottom line is that the best method really for pricing is what is the value to the end recipient of what you're selling. So a lot of my clients, of course, they don't sell anything that really, you know, stands out in a lot for other people. So for instance, uh, whether I buy my can of Coke with your company or I go down the road to the uh, convenience store and buy their can of Coke, it's being same brand and all, you know, it's a can of Coke. I'm not going to pay a whole lot more for the can of Coke with you than I am with them. But if I just came in the goal line, finished, you know, doing a triathlon in New York summer heat and so on, and they are selling you the can of Coke, believe me, I'm probably going to be willing to pay extra getting that can of Coke right then and there than to say, well, no, I have to exit the park and go down the road and find a convenience store, a, 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 a shop vendor or something and buy it there. So 
there there are discrepancies that play into the equation of what can you sell your products and services for. But I thought this video might be uh, useful for you. Uh, again, we had the six different mythologies. So let's do a quick recap of those uh, mythologies. The first one, as you may recall, was that of saying, what is the going market rate? What are other people selling something similar for? We spoke about the caveats of that. And we spoke about why I do not wish for you ever to in endeavor in selling on price. Um, but really, you know, yes, I agree. You might have to look at the market space, especially if you're selling something which is very comparable to what other people are selling. You cannot just disregard it altogether, but there are ways of maybe packaging or selling it or upping your service that does so that you can have a better margin. That's for another video, but the method was that of the going market rate. That often leads to the going market rate, but undercutting price of that of your competitors. So that's a typical avenue we see, and it leads to that one that I said that basically you're selling on a price and basically you're, you're endeavoring in that downward spiral of just getting the prices lower and lower and lower. It's great for maybe for the consumer or the end uh, client, but it's not great for you and your business and it's not really great for your industry. We had that of last year pricing plus a little, and like I said, I like that you at least adjust your prices a little bit, but be wary that you don't need to just address the prices once a year. You might even be able to do it multiple times a year. You see that certainly in the travel industry where hotel rates and fly, uh, air flight rates and car rental rates, they go up and down depending on demand and seasonality and uh, holidays and conventions and busy times and not busy times. They go dramatically up and down all the time. That's called the dynamic pricing. Uh, you may have clients or you may have um, uh, partnerships with the collaborators and so on where they demand the pricing set for a full year and so on, but there might be other parts of your business which is more ad hoc where you can actually engage in dynamic. Brings us to a completely different thing that I'm not going to go deep into in this video, but that is that, you know, do not think that you have to use the same pricing across the board to all your clients and customers. We furthermore had the pricing of WAG while there's guests. Let's throw something out there and see if it sticks. And if it doesn't, we adjust it. If it sticks, maybe we'll try a higher price next time and see if that goes better. Some companies, like I mentioned, my client have done really well by this. Um, and if you have such a thing, which is very unique and very you know, difficult to compare with others, you might be in very good luck as long as you have high value to the end uh, customer uh, or, and or a high transformation or high purpose. And then, of course, we had the cost plus pricing method. And you heard me say that I at least want you to know your numbers and I at least want you to make sure that you kind of like uh, head towards and steer your business in a fashion that says, well, I need to make at least a certain amount of money and so on. Whether you can do, apply it in your business and so on, it's not always the case. I've had several clients where you may have to, for a period of time, make some adjustments on your pricing or on your margins until you have increased your productivity in such a way that now you make up for it and now you actually have the margin you wanted. Um, but so in other words, a business, what I like about a business is you have a lot of different knobs to turn on to make your business better. And by making it better, I mean, making more money. 
It's easier to be more to everybody else when you have something to give off than when you have an empty cup to, to pour from. And then finally, we spoke about the value. So the clientele that you deal with, you know, whatever you're selling may be more valuable to some clients than to other clients. So finding the perfect fit of what you're selling to the perfect market space may be very highly uh, advantageous to you and for something for you to think about. Also, like I said, you know, it's it's not necessary that it has the same value across geographies or uh, segments of your, your market space and so on. Um, and when you have matters of urgency and so on, then, you know, that there might be certain elements that really increase the value of what you're selling. I hope this was informative. I'll see you in f further videos.